What's up, Unusuals? Jim Martin here from the Unusual Buddha podcast and theunusualbuddha.com. Here to talk to you for a second about Anchor. Uh, it's the service I use to make this very podcast. Uh, first and foremost, it's free. Secondly, they give you tools you can actually record and edit your podcast either from your phone or from a computer. Uh, Anchor also helps with distribution of your podcast. Uh, they can get you on Apple and Spotify, all those. Uh, you can start making money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need all in one place. So check them out. It's anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start. Can't wait to see what you create. All right, everybody. Welcome to episode number three of the Unusual Buddha podcast. I'm here with Chris Malador, wonderful artist, uh, really good at what he does. I actually got to, had the pleasure of meeting him through the Unusual Buddha and uh, through an earlier page none of you have probably heard of called I Can't Believe It's Not Buddha. Don't look for it. It's gone. <laughs> so uh, I'll go ahead and let, let Chris introduce himself from here. Tell us about yourself, Chris. Well, uh, my name is Chris Malador. I'm an illustrator. I uh, was raised in Washington State, recently resettled in North Carolina. And uh, I pretty much just make a living off of drawing weird things and science fiction, so, you know, fantasy, penguins things that go bump <laughs> night. and Love uh, yeah and i don't know just trying to in the meantime be the best person i can be so it's a lifelong journey absolutely absolutely is um so let's let's dive into uh before we get too far into your uh your profession let's get into your 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 daily practice so when did you when did you first start meditating well originally i started in my late teens early 20s kind of thing but it wasn't a very diligent practice. Um, I didn't understand it very well and came into it with some expectations that may not have done it any justice. And because of that, I didn't stick with it. Um, I didn't take it seriously until about four years ago, somewhere around there. Okay. And um, I was in very poor mental health. And it was one of those, well, this can't hurt. You know, it's free Absolutely. and I have no money. So let's see if I can do this to get myself back on track and maybe find some happiness. Absolutely. Um, I've got a pretty good case of anxiety and depression that I've struggled with nearly daily. And uh, this is what keeps me on track. And uh, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I totally get that. Um, so was it, would you say it was the, uh, the uh, kind of mental health issues that started you down the path of meditation? Or was there uh, any external influences? Like, be honest, did you watch like Kung Fu, the series, or... Uh, the Matrix or something. You know, <laughs> was there I, another always, external trigger? I've always loved Eastern influences, but I never really saw that as a big influence on meditation for me. Um, I'd done martial arts through my teenage years, and because of that, there is kind of an obvious shoe-in towards meditation that will be recommended to you as during your um, practice. And so I'd had people recommend it to me many times before um, through those classes, and I'd never really pursued it very diligently i should have <laughs> right, yeah, would checking a box <laughs> i've done a lot better um made better choices but you know life is as it is in the That's end true. um when my depression was at its highest there for that that little moment i started getting curious about buddhism and i wanted to do research and i went on youtube and started watching all the little free doc documentaries i could find and there's some nice ones out there and uh, even Netflix had a few at the time. Not sure what they have now, but 
<laughs> through that, um, I started thinking, you know what? 20 minutes a night's not going to kill me. So let's throw myself into this. Um, I think at that point I'd run into the words of Ajahn Brahm down in Australia. And he has such a nice um, approach for the Western um, uh, influence, I guess, for the yeah. Western mindset who needs maybe that uh, gap bridged a little bit. Absolutely. And, uh, he speaks well to the common man and in a way of introducing enough humor that we can relate to it. Because otherwise the Eastern theology can be a little dense and hard to get through from our perspective. Absolutely. Little, little, I usually say dry. <laughs> very, very. It can yeah. be very dry. And you know, that's not a criticism of it. It's just a cultural difference. Would you say your, your uh, meditation style, does it have, is there a certain tradition? Do you, does it have a name? Uh, what, what is your preference? It ranges. Um, I, I'm an eclectic person. I like to, I like variety. So I'll try many different styles because I think they all have something they can teach me. Um, my foundation with it, as far as my finding comfort, was in the standard kind of traditional Zazen, um, which was just the very practical Zen sitting on your backside and just counting to 10. Um, through that, I moved into Metta a little bit. Um, I have had great results with Tonglen and stuff like that. But in the end, I if I get lost, I go back to my counting to 10. Okay, so so the counting to 10, the, the, the Zazen style, that is that is your base. Um, and you mentioned uh, Metta and uh, Tonglen. Can you break those down for us? Well, they're basically loving kindness. Um, and you're basically, they're very similar in practice, both of them. But I found the Tonglen is a little more visual with how it approaches your mind. And I'm a visual person. I mean, my career is built around it. So I have a pretty active imagination. It allows me to be able to visualize the idea of, for Tonglen, for example, as you breathe in, you're, you, you're really visualizing breathing in all the negativity you can, um, almost as like a black cloud. And okay. then back out again with the traditional white light concept that so many of them touch on. And uh, you can get very profound with that if you have a good visual practice. Okay, so you kind of... Um almost like a, a an alchemy kind of thing you're 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 taking in the bad and turning it into uh you know good good mojo uh, yeah i was surprised by it because i know a lot of the almost tibetan based ones from what i've seen don't seem to touch on visual exercises as much as just functions of just breathing um this one sort of combined the both which was why I, it appealed to me it's also the first meditation that's ever made me cry <laughs> fairly deeply because wow. suddenly I was able to really experience uh, you're bringing in that meta concept, which was breathing in the pain of others and right. trying to produce healing for it. And uh, the visualization really activated more senses for me, kind of touched on a little deeper for me. And uh, yeah, I felt very moved. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a really good point. Um, I think the more uh, senses you can drag into your practice, or or I don't want to say drag, and more senses you can incorporate into your practice, it really does become more real. It becomes more uh, yeah. substantive, uh, you know, and, and and definitely the the yield, if you want to call it that, uh, definitely increases. Uh, you'll definitely notice some differences. The bigger that's you make it, the bigger it gets. You know what I mean? 
especially if you're really diving into the mindfulness side of your practice, which I think many meditators do and really should, is really engaging your senses. What do I hear? What do I feel and touch? What am I smelling? And really engage with the present through those senses. And, right. Um, and, and It's and, meditation, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm sorry to cut you off. Uh, that's, that's a really good point. That's, um, that's, I do that same thing. And, uh, and I always have to find myself, um, it's, it's not so bad now, but it used to be for a while where the, uh, you smell, uh, the neighbors cooking spaghetti and you're like, Oh man, I remember that one time we had spaghetti and you kind of trail down that way. But, uh, it, you do move past those things. You do move past the, uh, you know, the, 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 the carrots getting cooked in the kitchen uh, and you, you know, you can just acknowledge it and move on. Right. Which is, which definitely makes for a a very, uh, uh, a very homegrown, very unique to you kind of practice, you know? It really can be because, because you're used to all your own different sounds that you're, I don't know, living around all those different smells that you get incorporated into your daily life that maybe you don't typically notice, but they're there. And so this is a way of kind of learning around your environment in a very different way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so let's, let's touch, you said, uh, you mentioned earlier, there was some uh, past issue of, of depression and, and anxiety. Do you, it, how has it changed for you now that you're a meditator? Do you see it coming more or is it less of an issue altogether? How, how does that work? Uh, if you could it's... flesh that change out for us. I see the little, I don't, I don't want to use the common vernacular, but um, I see the triggers better. Um, it's, that's a dangerous word in the current, you know, <laughs> landscape of the online world, but really, trigger see, warning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Trigger. I, I see the little things that set me off differently now. Um, I can kind of see them coming and I understand, mm-hmm. I have better awareness with my own self now about, um, just how my body processes. Okay, so, so it is a more uh, centered, I guess, uh, in yourself. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, you feel your chest tightening. Okay, I guess I should take care of this, you know. Um, or my mind starts getting a little fractured. Um, for example, this week in my life represents a very tough event from last year. Um, I had lost my stepmother to cancer. And so I've stayed very mindful of my environment now because I realize if I dig too far into last year or, gosh, what happens next year, I know that that's going to lead me down that dark path. So I'm focusing on gratitude. I'm focusing on all those things that counteract the negativity. Um, You know, I'm being a little careful right now. So it means that all those things like looking at photos right now, we're not going to do that. Right. Right. Um, You know, and it's, you know, awareness um, towards depression just means self-care. It means knowing that you need to counteract it maybe before it happens. So if I get down also, I go talk to my partner, you know, so many people, you know, uh, a big theme online right now and in our society is toxic masculinity. Well, a lot of that falls into the realm of not being very self-aware um, and not owning our own choices and actions. So if I'm depressed, I'll go talk to my partner and I'll go tell her, you know what? I'm depressed. I feel like crap. And it's about being honest so that she understands that maybe I'm not at my best. 
Right. You know? And do you, do you feel that um, your meditation practice, do you feel that that's made you maybe more able to be more candid with yes. your partner? Absolutely. Because we have, again, coming back to Western culture, the sort of blame thing that happens when we start feeling emotional. It's programmed into us that, oh, you just need to suck it up. You, you know, I'm, I'm sorry you're sad, but look, we need to focus on bills right now. And that's not necessarily wrong, but it also means that you're putting this little hurting part of you on the back burner. And as long as it's in the back burner, you're not dealing with it. So you need to acknowledge it. You need, and meditation, show me how much I need to acknowledge those parts of me that are happening behind the scenes. Absolutely. It does seem to bring a lot of uh, those little, uh, uh, kind of like you were saying, it brings a lot of those, those little thorns that you kind of tuck away and like, you know, okay, yeah, I know I don't feel so good, but I, I got to go to work. I don't feel so good. Yeah. I got to finish the report. Uh, it does tend to, maybe not stiflingly so, but it does bring them to the forefront. Do you, do you find that to be true? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, it's the part of being an adult where you're like, I need to move on. I need to keep moving. I have a to-do list the size of, you know, Texas, you know, I don't have time to feel sad. I don't have time to feel all these emotions happening. And so we stifle them. We put them away like our inner child and it just doesn't see the light of day. Well, what happens when it builds up too much? That's when we start having those outbursts or those little blame things that we know we don't have to do, you know? Absolutely. Or, or my goodness, the passive aggression uh, stream that is social media. Uh, oh, yes. You know, the, <laughs> that's, that's, that tends to be a vent for a lot of people. I guess uh, bravery happens behind keyboards most often. But uh, Oh, yeah. Even I used to be terrible about it. Yeah, and I, I still get that way myself, I got to be honest. Uh, but, you know, it's something you work on. It's something um, like I always tell people with the, with the practice, I find that uh, that you really can't get over any of the stuff until it has been brought to the forefront until you are aware of it. And realistically, that is probably the biggest part of, of most battles with uh, the, the issues that should come up uh, is, is just bringing your awareness to it. Like, wow, I didn't know that that's how I react. Or I didn't know that uh, yeah. someone saying, you know, just a slightest little stab at my, my, my personal ego and, you know, I'm ready to fight. You know, <laughs> you, you don't yeah, it's the game on. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Very um, good. Uh, some of the, did you have anything else you wanted to add to that? I was going to say that it also leads into topics of escapism. Um, there's so many people drinking their problems away, taking drugs. You know, We have legal pot happening all around the country now in some cases. And all these things add to a chance for people to not confront those feelings. I know because I've done it. And uh, you know, most of us have at some point. Even if it's just, I'd rather work out than do this, or I'd rather throw myself into work than acknowledge this. It's all escapism tactics. And meditation helps you kind of say, look, maybe I just need to feel this for a moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Netflix is not a cure for everything, regardless of what they tell you. <laughs> I've tried that one too. <laughs> what, what has surprised you about yourself that you've learned through practice? Um, you know, I'm not sure I've had too many real surprises so much, but if I were to say anything, it would just be the emotional depth of things that I was repressing through, you know, my teenage years and 20s and all that. I don't think I really understood the scope of all that and what 
all that entailed. You know, we bury so much. Um, and I think I just buried so much. I didn't really realize how much there was. Yeah. I think now, the, the... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, and now I really don't. And uh, it's really changed how I live. I'm a vastly different person now because of it. So anyway, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say uh, that's that's a very good point you make is that uh, I, I think that's another thing that uh, meditation brings is you don't realize, you know, you deal with the the breadth of everything, how wide it all is, but you never really dive into how deep some of these little cuts can can be a little further than <laughs> than you really oh, had, yeah. especially through, like you said, that tough guy uh, persona, especially for males and you know, females have it too. the, uh, you know, suck it up, oh, yeah. buttercup kind of thing. Uh, you know, sometimes these, these things, this, the cuts go a little deeper than you'd really like to acknowledge. Um, but uh, definitely something that it will bring it to the forefront. Uh, and, and like you said, it, it can end in tears. And that's not that's not a bad thing. No. Um, you know, people see the whole tears thing as this thing we should avoid. But, you know, if it offers you some healing and closure, my God, yeah, it's a small price to pay. Exactly. A little bit of salt water for, for, for that much, uh, <laughs> I'd, I'll take that trade any day. Absolutely. Uh, would you say others have noticed a change in you? Has anybody brought anything up? Anyone that's known you through this, uh, through this time frame? Have they seen anything externally? Uh, there's people who typically will tell me that I seem happier. I'm, another thing I notice is also just you know how through life your friends kind of shift almost in waves. You have friends for this little era of your life and then maybe they roll away to deal, to deal with their own life and then new people roll in and this will happen through maybe jobs that you go through and whatnot. Um, I've noticed a different, different types of people rolling through my life that I end up clinging to. And uh, it's interesting watching that, you know, the different people that we just grow accustomed to being around over time, you find them to be a different sort of individual. And so I would say that's actually the most profound part is I find myself around people who are very grateful. And maybe 10 years ago, not to say they, they were ungrateful people, but I wasn't looking for that kind of person. You know, I was surrounding myself in people that were more about music or more about, um, in their own lives, just a lot of drama. And we just, uh, it's kind of like a changing of the guard over time. So while I'm happier, I'm surrounding myself in a different type of person as well, which again, feeds into it. So absolutely. It's uh, that whole company you keep kind of thing, uh, definitely can change your outlook and, and change things. It's almost like a, like a self-feeding cycle, but in a good way. I mean, how many times have you heard the negative self-feeding cycles? This is actually one that is uh, perpetually positive. It, it, it just exactly. paying dividends. You know, and it's it's not a criticism of people from my past. We just we all connected on different levels than where we're all at now. And uh, absolutely, and that and that shift is 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 human. I mean, it's uh, yeah probably one of the as as you know, having studied Buddhism, one of the uh, tenets is is impermanence. I mean, that's that is uh, we all know it, we all see it, but uh, nobody really wants to acknowledge it. It's it is right. what it is. It's about finding, at this point in my life, finding people who are not afraid of all the change. And uh, because it's going to happen. Impermanence, obviously, is a big part of life because, you know, what's the one constant we have? Well, the fact that it is, you know, going to change. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and then just for a 
shameless plug uh has has the un- unusual buddha change your outlook or practice in any way actually yeah i mean the unusual buddha has connected me to all sorts of people that i consider very close friends now yourself included um i mean we've all some of us have through various groups and whatnot really watched each other blossom into new ways of life um you know you've started a new job in that time i've moved we have friends who have overcome enormous obstacles and that would not have happened without the unusual buddha nice we're gonna have to we're gonna have to isolate that one and uh you know put a stamp on it and it's going on mark exactly we got to get that out to the world i demand royalties exactly yes we'll we'll have to discuss percentages (laughs) we're gonna go ahead and move into the professional effects of uh your practice obviously your job is super centered around creativity and and flow you and i've actually had conversations about you know when i hit a wall like oh my god chris you you art all the time i you know mine's not the same i make like stupid memes and blog posts but uh there is an amount of creativity there and i ask you all the time how do you keep it flowing do you you think a your meditation practice has has changed your creative output in any way i think so um in the end i mean what gets me through is pushing through which is that unpopular adult option that we don't like to do you know, because it, <laughs> you feel like you're repressing but the reality is with creativity sometimes you have to just push and um, it was taught to me as creativity being like a muscle that you work out um, you know you have to do a huge amount of repetitions on a bicep to get it to grow uh, hamstring same thing any muscle your creativity is very similar and meditation is the best workout routine for your brain really short of doing crossword puzzles all day and even that's not going to get you very far you know crosswords, um, a little sudoku to spice it up <laughs> right but you know the brain you're activating all these little portions of the brain you can there's tons of science behind it that's documented i won't read off any of that because i don't have the numbers but you can do some nice searches online for how meditation does impact the brain and it really lights up a lot of centers because you're again not repressing anything not focused on any specific thing and the whole thing just goes and this is great for it for the creative mind um you're not preoccupying it with all these things it also means my meditation practice gives me drawing ideas that i then have to write down or something because i'm trying to meditate <laughs> you gotta keep a little uh little notepad next to the uh zabutan or zafu or whatever you use yeah little cushion with a notepad Exactly. Exactly. Put a put a string on it so you don't lose it. I lose everything myself. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about uh, how is has your meditation practice changed anything in, as far as your um, your business dealings? Because I know a lot of people say that uh, you know I don't want to meditate because it's going to make me soft or it's going to make me a pushover or it's going to make me um, some way uh, more passive in in things. Do you feel that uh, that anything like that is true to your your path? Well, it didn't make me more passive. It, I'm not sure if this actually even correlates, but I do stand up for myself a little better now. And I think it comes down to understanding myself better, which brings yourself to kind of the idea of self-worth. Um, you start to understand that your time is worth something. Your peace is worth something. So if someone's being difficult, well, then we're not going to work with them and they're going to have to live with that. Um, that could also be the jaded mindset of a person who's been illustrating for 15 plus years. So, you know, I'm not sure if that's 
correlates or not. Really, in the end, the more at peace I am with myself, the more at peace I am when uh, communicating with any person, whether they're a client um, of any sort or even just a social contact. I listen better. And that's good for business. You need to understand your client's you know, wishes if you're dealing with people. So in a way, meditation is very good for this. Um, and that will really only happen when you start to be at peace with your own self as well. If you can't listen to your own self, why would you bother listening to someone else? Absolutely. And, and, and it's, I, I don't know about you, but I find that um, there's almost a more, uh, you read a lot of stuff about uh, various things, talking about different styles, how that give, meditation can give you this one-pointedness of mind. Um, yes. Almost like a laser focus. Uh, and I found that, that kind of true with, with what I'm doing. Like, uh, I won't say that I'm always uh, most decisive or anything like that, but I definitely know uh, where I want to trend, where I want to track. Whereas before everything was so wishy-washy for me. I'm very type B personality in a type A world. Uh, <laughs> like that is true for you. Like there's more, uh, uh, I don't want to say like you're, you're, you're just out for you, but you know what I mean? You're, you're goal oriented, I guess. Sure. Well, you start to get an idea of the things you actually legitimately need. Um, before self-awareness kicks in, we're all kind of just spinning plates and not really sure where they're going to land. And once you start working on your self-awareness and self-healing and the internalized buildup that meditation provides, you start to understand, do I even really need that in my life right now? How about that? You know, is this aiding me or is this harming me? Is this helping the others around me or harming them too? Because they matter. And uh, you start listening to those tiny little things that maybe you didn't before. We didn't even hear them as a noise before, you know? Absolutely. It, it, uh, it, it does quiet the chatter and it does kind of uh, like we've talked about bringing the important things to the forefront. And it sounds like professionally um, it definitely can, can, can help do those same kind of things. I mean, it's amazing. The little tiny effects uh, everyone always says meditation is such a selfish thing. That's why I wanted to touch on the professional aspect Oh yeah, uh, because it, it, I think you just hit the nail on the head is, is that the others are important too, that, you know, you know while I can't pour from an empty glass, they still have glasses that need filled. <laughs> they do, you know, and while meditation is by nature a self-oriented thing, a self-driven passion, um, it does get you in touch with other people. So sometimes a little bit of working on the self really does benefit the world around. What do you feel like is the most difficult obstacle you've gone through since beginning your practice? Like what, what is the standout? Overcoming myself. <laughs> uh, you know, we are the biggest obstacle we provide, you know, or go through. Um, it's the biggest obstacle really probably was the event with my stepmother um, to the point where I honestly don't remember most of January and February of last year. Um, it's just fog, and I'm not used to that. I, I try to stay very aware. I try to see the world around me and really take things in, and even I can't penetrate that little cloud right now, and that's very, very jarring for me. I'm not used to that. Beyond that, my general depression was so bad that, yes, I did have days where I did not want to exist anymore, and overcoming that level of... Uh, 
of emotion, that's a journey all on its own. And uh, trying to find some gratitude for the world again after that is probably the worst hurdle I've ever had to jump. But it's also the one that was the most worthwhile. Yeah, I was going to say those are the, usually the, um, the largest outputs of effort usually yield the greatest uh, fruit, I guess. Uh, yeah. so that, that definitely is a big, uh, big obstacle there and big points. Uh, was, what, what would be something that you would, uh, a piece of advice that you would give somebody that's going through a hardship and, and considering meditation, considering incorporating that into their daily life? Uh, what, what is a piece of advice you would give to them? The best advice I can give, and I'm going to actually go back a few years with an example. Um, I'd started on antidepressants when I was in my very late 20s. It cost me a large amount of money. And I don't regret it at all, but I can say that meditation is the most cost-effective option I've had towards healing myself. And medicine is great if you feel you need it, and if a care professional says this would really benefit your life, but I also believe that this is a legitimate tool that's going to cost you nothing but maybe 20 plus minutes a day towards really bettering yourself and starting to heal those little cracks that you feel are taking over your life. Because getting stuck in those moments, that's hell. And uh, it doesn't have to be that way. So if you need help, go get it. But if you think you can provide it on your own just by breathing, please try it. Please do it and stick with it. Be very diligent and hold yourself accountable. No Absolutely. one else is going to do it for you, you know? Absolutely. Even if you need a, a buddy, even, even if somebody is like, uh, gives you a quick text in the morning, hey, mofo, you sitting or what? You know? Exactly. <laughs> Once in a while, one of those is, is, is a good thing, too. Um, and just not to, not to circle too far back, but uh, sure. as far as uh, with practicing meditation do you think if you hadn't practiced meditation through the, the difficult parts in your life where do you think you'd be where do you think that what, what do you think that would look like i'd be very deeply unhappy that's for sure <laughs> to be honest with you i think i'd probably have sabotaged most of my business connections by now um most of my personal relationships i'd probably be living with a parent again which hey i love my parents but i think they deserve some peace too yeah, exactly. we you know, it's, it's it's just one of those things where I was a person that would really sabotage various elements of my life through the anxiety and depression, the anxiety, not so much, but my reaction to it. Um, you know, I would lash out verbally and not be a kind person to be around and no one's going to want to be around that. So you end up with no one around you. Right, which so is, is I, another one of those negative, uh, negative loops we can get into. I would be very alone. We've moved through some hardships. I uh, definitely wanted to touch on that for people that are maybe going through some hard stuff, uh, through hard times of whatever kind it may be. Uh, definitely touched on some good things here. And, uh, and it didn't leave out the fact that uh, I, I like the, the way you said it, um, that although this is an individual uh, action undertaken, uh, it's still kind of helps you better interact with you know humanity as a whole you know like it, it it does it does actually affect how you interact with that guy in line at the grocery store it does interact oh, yeah. uh, it does affect those things and I, and I like that uh, even through hardship you know you can still kind of appreciate 
what a smile might mean to the to the poor 17 year old kid bagging groceries who is losing his mind oh yeah <laughs> moment of patience it's... with him even though you're having hardship you can still bring some joy yeah. to another whether you're in traffic or at the grocery store or dealing with your family there's always room for a little more patience sometimes how do you feel about teaching children to meditate? When should we do it? Should we do it? Uh, how, I think how it's a fantastic out? idea. Um, I don't know how implementable that would be in uh, the way things are set up right now, but I think it's a fantastic idea. I'm not a big fan of any kind of indoctrination in general, um, such as most religious organizations will push. But I do think that meditation, if you don't keep it attached to something like Buddhism, and just focus on mindful breathing. I think kids can get a lot from that. They're not going to do it willingly um, because it's not fun, but I think that it gives them a life skill that will allow them to make maybe some better choices during those years when they have all the hormones and energy. Absolutely. I think I would have traded a math or two for, uh, for a little quiet time during the yeah. day. I'd be a vastly different person now, and I think many people would find the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. How about uh, let's let's move on to our uh, to our, our brothers and sisters in blue. How do you feel about uh, the police incorporating? I've heard some some jurisdictions are actually bringing it in, and uh, it's really common in Canada to to have uh, the police force actually have a a group meditation session. Uh, how, how do you feel like that would change things? I think that would be a fantastic move. Um, I know that um, the way things get polarized here in the states, that's something that many people would kind of look down on, like it might soften the police force. But I think it's a fantastic move because you are serving the populace. And what better way to understand the populace than to be able to approach situations with calm understanding? Um, especially if you have to be in the terrible position of maybe drawing a weapon, I would like to think that these professionals are in their right mind when they do so. Um, there's terrible things on the news, but I don't believe that represents our entire, you know, police force or, you know, all these law professionals. But I do think that it would cut down on those circumstances that we do have to hear about. Absolutely. I, I agree. I think it would, uh, would definitely, um, you know, you, you talk to policemen a lot and their, their, their whole, uh, their whole job is really de-escalation of a situation. So how do you feel about, uh, and, you know, feel, please speak freely. I know uh, present company included uh, may, may change the conversation in some circumstance, but how do you feel about the commercialization of meditation? Oh, you Be know, brutal. brutal. Mixed vibes, mixed vibes. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that by turning like the word mindfulness into little mugs and stuff really waters down the meaning. At the same time, this does open up the door to people who may not otherwise hear about these practices. And that's not in any way a bad thing. Um, it does change the meaning of things over time as things get thrown around like a word with no meaning. But at the same time, if more people open up to the idea of meditation or a mindful practice or Buddhism, whatever... Um, whatever gives them some self-healing and betterment, my God, that's go for it, you know? Absolutely. So I have kind of mixed vibes about it. I don't think it's a terrible thing. It can be annoying. 
soon it becomes a buzzword. And, and believe me, I know that's uh, I constantly struggle with this. You know, I, I, I like to push the envelope a little bit, but uh, I, I struggle to rein it back in sometimes. Maybe that's a little too far. Maybe, maybe we'll right. say that. <laughs> um, so, and this is this. Um, the question would, was how would Buddhism change for the future? Yes, uh, due to specifically American influence. I mean, Western you know, changes yeah. it certainly, but uh, America, we're going to put our own stank on it nonetheless. Right. Well, I think the biggest thing is if you look back through uh, various lectures with the, I don't want to say high-ranking Buddhists, Buddhists, but say the Dalai Lama and various um, monastery abbots, they'll say that Buddhism must change with the people that it must roll with the times, unlike other more, I don't, I don't want to say solidified religions, but think higher traditions that we follow in the States, like Christianity. Yeah, which at very least entrenched. Is, yeah, and they, they, they have this um, tradition that goes back hundreds of years, you know, obviously, you know, where we go back to these stories that are so old, and we're trying to apply them to now. And it's not working well. And it's creating these little rifts in uh, society that's even affecting politics now. Now, Buddhism, at its core, must change with the people. It's just sort of how it's been built. And there's little traditions still. But if even the, the Dalai Lama is saying, look, we have to change with it, uh, with it being society, with people, then it means that it's catered for people. And it's going to stay relevant. Now, I don't know what that means for the future of Buddhism, but it means that it's something I would still want to practice because I think it benefits society. Absolutely. And I, I think uh, the, the I think, in my opinion, something we're going to start seeing breaking down, and at least this is something the unusual Buddha is trying for, at least my, my portion of the unusual Buddha, is to knock down the gatekeeping. Yeah. I feel like that's going to go away a lot because you have these people that uh, – that come from lineage. Uh, that's a very big thing for transfer uh, teachings from student to teacher, or the other way, from teacher to student, on down to uh, you know, so you can trace your lineage back to the original master, to the Buddha himself, even. Um, right. I feel like we're going to see a lot of dissolution, a lot of dissolving of of, of that crap. Because let's be honest, uh, where leadership is as far as uh, religious. Uh, in any aspect, we're noticing a lot of, um, I won't say that it's more prevalent to have uh, cases of abuse. And, and, and I mean, like the full scope, not just uh, uh, sexual abuse or, or violence or things like that. I mean, the whole scope. Um, I think we're going to see, in my opinion, we're going to start to see a maybe an emphasis sliding away from the centralized, organized uh, churches yeah. and temples and in my opinion, I feel like we're going to have a, a, a flourish, a, a almost like a, a great awakening, if you will, of, uh, of emphasis on the individual and their path being as uh, I hate to say it as any, any organization, any organized religion you're looking at, uh, we're starting to run up against some, some instances of abuse that uh, are shocking to say the least uh with you know the various schools and and even down to authors specific authors i won't i won't name names because uh you know your man's trying to make a name for himself and i don't need to get blackballed too early (laughs) i know um, what you mean though yeah so i I, would you agree with that would you agree you're gonna see a uh maybe even a uh i don't know how to put this 
as uh, eloquently, but basically, are we going to stop giving a shit about what the temples say and start worrying about what we as individuals say? Do you think that's that's something that's going to hold true? I do. Um, you know, traditions can be a beautiful thing, but they can also really hold progress back. And I don't want to use progress as a dangerous word to some, but the, real- the reality is, is that society has to evolve over time. It's just its nature. So tradition can get in the way of that. And I think it's time for a bunch of individuals to really be individuals. Absolutely. And I think you even said it earlier on that, 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 that personal responsibility of uh, a practice and of uh, individual growth and those things, if you place emphasis on those points, I mean, there's really nothing you, you, you can't get past uh, yeah. even to include self and, and, and the, the devil of ego, you know? Oh yes. All right. So, uh, now that I've, I've yammered on and, uh, kept, kept you up, uh, for looks like about an hour now between all the, uh, <laughs> the sending links back and forth. Uh, you have any final thoughts, anything you'd like to wrap up with? Maybe some shout outs, anything like that? Oh, well, an Probably obvious awesome. shout out to the unusual Buddha here. I mean, um, <laughs> No, um, as far as final thoughts go, I just want to remind people to hold yourselves accountable for your own mental health. And uh, meditation is a good practice towards doing that. And it's not going to cost you a thing other than just trying to carve out a certain amount of time each day, which, you know, I don't want to say we don't have time, but I will say that some of us have to change our priorities on how we use that time. If you can find 20 minutes you can help yourself a lot. So. Absolutely. And uh, we, di- we didn't get too far into your, your, your art and your projects. What, uh, where, where do people find you? Where can we, where can we look at the, the art of the amazing Chris Malador? You can find my work at www.artisticways.com. Or if you can't remember that, just do a search for Chris Mal- Chris Malador and it should pop up. So. That's right. Um, I'm all that's M A L I D O R E. Just in case anyone didn't know, (laughs) that's him. Uh, And uh, I have a pretty strong online uh, presence from years of uh, promoting my artwork. So you'll run into something. Absolutely. Do you have any? uh, Do you have any uh, any upcoming projects? Anything? You any any irons in the fire you're working on? Oh, I've always got irons in the fire. I have too many. Um, (laughs) I'm working on some projects for some gaming companies. Uh, I can't speak too much on those due to non-disclosure agreements. But I am am working on a graphic novel of my own creation for me and anyone who likes my oddities, which will be centered around a science fiction penguin story. Because why the hell not? (laughs) I'm already in on that. Uh, yeah, I was, but are you uh, are you on Patreon or anything to that extent? I'll tell you I am. I started it last year, and it's been an interesting little journey. I'm enjoying it, um, not just for the financial side of it, but just the connection with um, people who want to support the arts. Absolutely, and like we've discussed before, it's uh, it, it is certainly humbling to see like, hey, I dig your stuff. Here's a dollar. Like, what? Right. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, I have a lot of gratitude for people who've some people have shelled out of pretty substantial amount of money over the last year to keep me in business and man am i grateful and uh i'm planning on giving back pretty soon with a nice little collection for them 
So. Outstanding, outstanding. So we'll definitely be looking for you on uh, on Patreon. Do you have uh, is there a specific uh, link to get to yours? Is it uh, was it www.patreon slash C Malador, I believe. So C Malador. C M A L I D O R E. I will put in the work. I will find the link and I will put it uh, in the comments uh, wherever I post this. So I will find that for us uh, to share with the masses. Um, and then if you don't mind, I'm going to do my egregious uh, shout outs here myself uh, as part of my Patreon deal. Uh, I offered to my supporters that, uh, that it, for the pledge of just one low, low time uh, pledge of $1, uh, I give them a shout out uh, as well as uh, some other exclusive content. I uh, just want to give a shout out to Tara. There's two Terras. Uh, two. Terras, yes. Yes, I'm collecting Terras apparently, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> so uh, the wonderful Shannon, Daniel, and Kristen. Thank you guys so much for your support. Uh, you guys have no idea how, how humbling this is. Uh, and again, if you guys want to, anyone else out there that wouldn't mind supporting or is able to support the Unusual Buddha, uh, we have different tiers, uh, one, five, and ten dollars, and basically what that will get you is uh, more exclusive content and access. With the ten dollars uh, per month package being uh, monthly Q and A, where basically we'll sit down and we'll ch- uh, chit chat on a Zoom session or something to that extent, uh, whatever we can really arrange. Uh, did you have any other uh, any, any other things you, you're working on? Any other projects we needed to get a public awareness on? Ah, oh, no. I mean, every day I'm drawing something new for someone, and that's pleasure enough. If people really want to keep a good eye on my stuff, though, Artistic Ways will be the place to be. So I think that's the best shout-out I can give on that. Can you do that one more time? I'm sorry. I think we lost you. Sure. I was just going to say that if people really want to keep up with my work, Artistic Ways really is the place to be. So Awesome. So that's regularly updated? That's how we get the latest? Uh, that's where all the new artwork's going to be. You can also find me on Facebook, um, be it my personal account or my art page, uh, to search for Chris Malador. And that there aren't too many of us out there. You'll find me, and awesome. uh, that in itself will give you more updates as well. So, all right. And as uh, as as the final piece here, I'm going to put you on the hot seat one last time. Uh, what is the most interesting philosophical, spiritual, however you want to phrase it? Uh, what is the most interesting question in that realm that you have right now? What are, what, what is, uh, consuming your, your spiritual hours of, uh, pondering? You know what? It's, it goes down to kind of a really big standard one that we run into in our practice. And that's the question of self. Um, self, self, you know, I, I'm not sure how many people will understand that, but the concept of no self who am I in reference to all these living beings and the togetherness that comes from that, the part of, you know, if I don't focus on me, if I don't focus on that little bit of ego that I understand as Chris, then what am I? And self is a very interesting word once you dig through that a little bit. And I'm not sure there's an answer. I think some of the best questions are are, uh, infinitely open-ended in that way. Uh, and then uh, for anybody who's listening, who wants to, uh, to take a stab at their, their answer of the question, uh, we're looking for answers to the question on Twitter and where the handle for us is at not the Buddha. Uh, so get, give us your answer and uh, tag us in that thing. And, uh, and we'll take a look. Maybe we'll discuss it on one of uh, the upcoming videos or, or uh, podcast episodes. 
Uh, I got to say, Chris, it was great talking to you. Probably one of the more unique individuals, and I could not imagine a greater uh, first uh, podcast victim slash volunteer uh, for an interview. So I really appreciate your time, and I thank you for being on with us. Well, it's a pleasure. Thank you. I've, uh, I've greatly enjoyed this, and I've been looking forward to it. Me too. I was really nervous, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, no, you know, I mean, it is what we throw into it. So, you know, we've been friends for a while. It's nice to be able to chat and talk it up a little bit. Absolutely. All right. And uh, so anyone who wants to catch up with Chris, keep your eyes out. Keep, take a look. <laughs> of course, I'm going to mess it up now. Uh, keep your eyes open for Chris. We're going to post up all the links and to gather all of them from him. And uh, I will put them up wherever I drop this podcast link.